class is in session and today we're taking econ 201 i'm mitch dreams and this is the college esports quick take presented by esports network normally these classes look at studies that have been academic in nature with a focus on general gaming most weeks i do want to pull from academic sources which could be described as sociology more than econ but market research is also incredibly important in esports and it can easily be misleading this week, Juniper Research published a report that actually feels like it was done without hyperbole, mainly because it doesn't focus on esports. The report says the video game market will grow to over $200 billion by 2023. It's currently projected for $155 billion this year. That's steady, but not necessarily astronomical growth, and it makes sense for the expansion of gaming and popular culture. Gaming is huge, huge money. Don't get it twisted. For comparison, the global film industry, including both box office and at-home streaming, is at about $140 billion. Gaming has already surpassed it, and that gap is likely to continue widening. But about those misleading numbers I mentioned, Juniper's research almost perfectly matches Nuzu's when it comes to the general video game market. That's all well and good. But Nuzu also measures the esports industry, and their numbers there have been called into question quite a few times. For one, very few esports companies are publicly traded, so we don't get to see their financials, but it's an open secret that very few esports organizations actually make any money at all. Almost all of them are in the red. Just today, I got three emails from PR people citing Nuzu's numbers. They usually get deleted, and here's why. It's an article titled, Shady Numbers and Bad Business Inside the Esports Industry Bubble by Cecilia D'Anastasio for Kotaku. Published in 2019, the article takes clear aim at Nuzu's numbers and highlights that the people who are actually seeing cash flows in esports companies know it's all kind of bullshit. Corsair's sponsorship manager starts off the article with a quote that he said at a different convention. He said, quote, I feel like esports is running a Ponzi scheme at this point. The esports industry and the numbers used to describe it are described as everything from inflated to completely unsustainable. On Nuzu, here are two direct quotes in that article. A Riot Games employee said, Nuzu is garbage. Analytics firms are in a giant inflationary dance with each other to make esports seem big. An Overwatch insider put it a little more bluntly and just said, quote, Fuck Nuzu, we all know Nuzu is bullshit. That's a pretty stark condemnation of the biggest market research firm in esports and one that's quoted for the New York Times to CNN all over the internet because it's the only one putting the numbers out there. Nuzu is also quoted in that article defending their numbers, and I really think it's required reading if you want a job in the esports industry. Like I mentioned, Nuzu is still quoted everywhere. When David Beckham announced a public offering on the London Stock Exchange this morning, the New York Times, CNN both quoted Nuzu. It's simply the only source of data, but that doesn't make it correct. And I truly hope I'm not bursting people's bubbles here. I love esports. I host three podcasts on esports, and I write about it daily. I think it has a ton of growth potential, and there are some really encouraging metrics. But when it comes down to it, esports organizations aren't profitable. They rely on investor capital. There's nothing really wrong with that. It's just where we are right now. But there aren't even super clear paths to profitability. There's just confidence in innovation. I'll also link an article below where I talk with NRG CEO Andy Miller and Complexity CEO Jason Lake about those potential paths to profitability. They were both up front that they aren't really making money and that something has to change. With gaming's growth, esports hasn't totally grown with it. Esports fans still aren't spending that much money on teams. 
Newzoo, again, I have to source their data because they're the only people putting it out there, said that esports fans only pay an average of $5 on their hobby. For comparison, traditional sports fans spend about $700 a year. Call of Duty's Warzone peaked at 78 million players in the player base. That's incredible. That's so many people playing one video game. But the Call of Duty League peaked at a record-setting viewership of 330,000. That's less than half of 1% of the total player base. If you're Activision Blizzard and you're sitting in their offices, which audience do you think they're prioritizing? I learned most of this the hard way after fully jumping into the esports industry in 2017. It's a world that is great to be involved in, but reality is super important as well. As sports owners get invested in esports, they should be aware of the decades of tape-delayed games in the NBA, of empty stadiums in the NFL, and scandals in baseball. Traditional sports didn't get where they are today in a year, or even in 30 years. All American sports leagues are going on about 60 years of operation, if not more. Esports will get there too, but there are going to be some bubbles along the way, and it feels like right now, we're in the middle of one. Ask any esports veteran what it was like in the 2009 bubble, and they'll tell you it wasn't pretty. That's it for this class. I'll never inside homework on the college esports quick take, but Shady Numbers by Cecilia is the closest thing there is to required reading. I'll link that article below, as well as my Esports Insider article looking at profitability for esports orgs. I'll be back tomorrow with a program spotlight looking at one of the leading college esports universities.